I'm it's Leslie and Mark and Yaz back for another episode of the Crystal Myth Podcast. Hello out there, all you Crystal Myth heads. We are talking about China. Yeah, nothing to do with coronavirus, just China. Don't. Yeah, um, unless like Lopan is responsible for the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you know what I noticed the other day? You know how the, um, the home uh, test kits that you can get? They're yeah. always in China. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything, but yeah. <laughs> means they're good at producing things. Yeah, clearly. But, yeah, that, that wasn't meant to be. That sounded like some yeah, that, nice conspiracy comment. I literally mean they're good at producing like things for very easy to use equipment. Yeah. And China. Yeah, all the, the rapid flow tests that you get for your house, they're all made in China. Oh. And I was just like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. You're starting rumours. Yeah. Well, not rumours, but like conspiracies. I, I think that is like, yeah, like ammunition for conspiracy theory, but don't believe in that nonsense. All good. They're just good at making things cheaply. So yes. that's it. true. Everyone manufacturing. What's worse? Manufacturing stuff. Like outsourcing your manufacturing to China or India or the Philippines. Worse than what sense? Sweatshops. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're saying that as though Yaz and I have like done lots of research into. No, because I have opinions on this. Sweatshops are. Well, you've all, you've you've sort of been to those places, maybe not China, but more than I have. The Philippines, but I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But um. Not using any sweatshops makes you a bad person. Yeah. But I always think of outsourcing to India as more like call centres and stuff like that. They just do my head in. So I don't really think that's a good thing either. So even I think of people who manufacture clothes, I think of little kids in India and sweatshops. Yeah. And I just don't want to wear clothes that have or been soaked by children's tears. Yeah. Well, anything you've got that says made in any country in Asia is probably made that way. Yeah. So that's why I'm sitting naked right now on my new <laughs> office chair. <laughs> no children were harmed in the process of this recording. Unless they look at me. <laughs> if you think of the Philippines, like you said, or not the Philippines, the Thailand and places like that, the, you, you get like el- cheap electronics that yeah. are basically the same as your branded electronics. But didn't you not say, Mark, that you got like really good deals because they would the people who worked in the factories would sell them yeah so when i was in vietnam i got like a or it's like bose speaker uh, uh, but yeah basically they like worked in the bose speaker factory so they just removed little bits at a time and then i got a what is it like patek philippe watch which to be fair i'm glad i didn't buy a real one because one i can't afford one and two i fell because as you guys know i fall over all the time and crap <laughs> not pretend him out and it won't work anymore but again it was i mean it looked like an well not it looked like it was basically a genuine one except they didn't have a certificate of authentication because they just took little bits from the factory every single time they were producing a watch and then replicated the watch in their own home and then sold it i've I've heard that it's really common actually where they're like not even doing that where like say it's the workers make say 50 bags a day and then they like kind of almost clock out officially, but then they'll make an extra 10 bags. So it's the exact same bags that they've been making all day. Mm-hmm. It'll take those 10 that they made at the end of the day and go off and sell them in the street. So it is like a legit exact same bag, but like so it just doesn't have a certificate on it because. Again, yeah. yeah. I got my watch for, I think it worked out as like £40 if yeah. it reached into British currency and uh, the same like Patek Philippe watch with the pendulum inside of it. 
uh, I think it's like thirty-eight thousand pounds. Fuck off, man! Do you know what I'd rather have that person to buy it? Like, I'd rather the wee person you bought it off got the forty quid than the stupid company getting thirty-eight grand. Yeah, yeah because they probably get paid like five p a day. Exactly. So I'm all for this, like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I don't know what you call it, black market buying stuff. Because I was watching Come Down With Me, an old episode, and there was a woman on it who looked all like like an old hippie, or she, she looked like Stevie Nicks because she used to be in like a tribute band for Fleetwood Mac called Fleetwood Mac. And she said, oh, well, what I do is I design dresses and then I go over to India and have them made. Mm-hmm. And then I just thought, mm, sweatshops. <laughs> she's like, yeah, but it's fair trade. I'm like, fuck off. No, I had, so when I was in Vietnam, I went to one of the markets and I had a replica suit made. And it was like a daughter that worked there and like a replica suit. And be like, you go in, they measure you up and then they make it custom made exactly to fit you. And it was like fair, I mean, I say fair enough money, you would have paid probably like two grand for it here. And I think I paid them like 200 pounds for it. But no, like that. That's like they're quite famous for there for doing that. Like, yeah. Like I know people from like Pakistan and stuff. Well, they'll go over to Pakistan, get loads of outfits made, and then come back with it. But it's not. It's not sweatshops. It's like no. like a tailor or, a t- or like a t- yeah, yeah. Like a, a tailor. But does it? Because in an episode of Somewhere Street, which is a show that is broadcast on NHK, uh, it's a Japanese BBC channel, basically. And they went to China and they went to this marketplace and then there was like this woman who you can just pick whatever fabric you like and then you go, you hand it to her and she'll make it into a nice dress for you that very day. Like they're really good tailors. Actually, yeah, same wee market. Joe got that done. So she like ripped a page out of. Yeah, they can make anything. With went Stefani wearing a dress she liked and showed it to the woman and the woman was like, yeah, and then picked material that looked similar and basically like Joe ordered it in the morning. She took her measurements and she went back at night and the women had made her an exact replica of it. Oh my God. Yeah, it's amazing what they can you do. Have that kind of skill, that's amazing. Yeah. I just love to have someone who can just do that for me because you, you know how you always get like you're like you're going out somewhere and you think you have an outfit in mind, you go shopping for it, and you can't find it fucking anywhere. Like nothing, it it, it looks like what you envisioned. And there yeah. you've got Chinese women that can do it for you. <laughs> We're just gonna have her sitting in the cupboard. Too. Yes. <laughs> she's so in the cupboard. <laughs> That would oh, be a form of It's a sweatshop with an adult and she gets to live under the stairs. Yeah, the I've, got, I've got a rice cooker so she can have some rice now and then. <laughs> <laughs> what more could she want in her life? <laughs> yeah, she's going to get arrested for some of this stuff. Or her own cupboards and some rice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite I mean, I'm just satisfied with my life. <laughs> so. And I'm just going to oh, make me 20 25 dresses in a day yeah they can just sell the dresses and then give her the give, money just give her like 50 pence that, it'll feel like she's at home yeah <laughs> we're actually evil none of us are actually this evil this is so cruel <laughs> uh, so yeah we're going to be talking about the mythology of china not actually I think if we tried to enslave the Chinese race, it would take us a long time because there's a lot of them. Yeah. So it's more like the other way around. <laughs> I like when you're just looking back again, like, this is what our podcast is about this week. We're just talking about enslaving a race. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, no one's enslaving anyone. We're all lovely people. <laughs> yes. That um, wants to have an old lady under our stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want an old lady. I want like a sort of younger one because then they won't last long if they're old. <gasps> That's shocking. <laughs> right, okay, let's move on. <laughs> what about a nice oriental chef? Oh, like, that makes you... mm. mm. joy and stuff. I thought a Thai chef or a Vietnamese chef. Thai chef. My, as I think I've said, well, definitely to you guys before, maybe not on this before, but my dad's like Indonesian curries are absolutely amazing, so I don't need to enslave anyone. I can just get him to these. What your dad says? <laughs> Yeah. Um, your dad needs to make me one of those curries and send. you can send it round to mine. Leslie, I, I will tell him that and he will come to your house with the curry. Oh my God. I was just going to say next time we're all home, like we should just come over for a curry. Meet your yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, you must cook for us right now. He, w- I, he would do it. I'm aware that he's, like we all know if you said to my dad, like, oh, can I have a, like, we we drink of what you're having there? He'd be like, 
Well, I'll stab you in the fucking eye. But yeah, if you ask me to cook you a curry, I'm like, <laughs> oh, and just go make you one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Mark, yes, you are mm-hmm. talking about yin and yang. I would yeah. just think of yin and yang as those nice rings you would get when you were like 14. Oh, the, the, the friendship rings that would fit together. Yes. <laughs> and the, yeah, the yin would sometimes be like a mood yin. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that. I had a mood ring with a young yeah. I was just always angry. <laughs> oh. They only ever changed colour. <laughs> I mean, true. But... You were. Like, if you were hot, they changed. If you were cold, they changed. They didn't really... I had nothing to do with your mood. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you were very pretty. Like I don't know if it makes... Uh, Yaz, you you know what you're doing and kind of what I'm doing. Should I should I explain mine first and do yeah, you back of it? Yeah. Cool. So... I looked at the Chinese creation story of yin yang, but there's like multiple Chinese creation stories because I'm sure this will come up in whatever you guys are talking about. But because obviously China has such a huge population and it used to be lots of really small rural populations, they all kind of had their own religious beliefs. So they, yeah, it wasn't united, which yeah. links into what I was going to, which I'm going to talk about because there's an emperor that did unite the whole of China. But he was a mad bastard. Boy, give him that. And then I suppose when he united it, it wouldn't really work because that mm. was what I thought when I started. Because obviously, yeah, we've all heard of yin yang before. But when I started looking at it, I thought, oh, right, there's like hundreds of Chinese creation stories. Mm. But um, I thought this one was, I don't know, quite cute. So, um, so it starts that in the beginning, there was nothing but darkness. And then suddenly a great coloured light appeared out of the mist, which covered everything. The mist, I believe, not the light. So there was a mist covering everything in the darkness, then a light appeared in the mist, and the mist began to separate and allow the light to expand and cover everything. All that was light that was already in existence rose upwards, as in, sorry, this is very confusing, I realise I'm talking about a light and light things. So all of the things that were light, as in, weighed very little. When oh, right. <laughs> you just confused me appeared, a bit yeah, Shone upon them, then began to rise upwards and they became either the skies or space depending on which version of the story you're looking at and then everything that the light as in the shiny light passed across that was heavy in weight fell downwards to form either the lands or it clumped together to form the planets again depending on which version of the story that you listen to sounds very lion king like everything the light touches (laughs) it's our kingdom kind of yeah (laughs) but I would go more with the, not than the Lion King, but of the two stories, like the, was it the land or was it the planets? I feel like it makes sense to think it was the planets because then the next bit of the story is round balls of earth were mm. now floating in the water that we call the skies. So I feel like that kind of sounds Space. like, yeah, For round balls sound like planets and it's floating in the water that we call the skies. That kind of sounds like space. So, yeah. So there was these balls. There were balls that were floating in space. They'd be made by magic light, but the space had been made by magic light too. It was all lovely. In this new universe, there came to exist two great powers. The first power that came into existence was yin. Yin was cool and calm. Cool as in, like, the fawn's cool? Cool as in the fawn's cool. She could play her jukebox and it would immediately start playing. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't one for stressing. And she appeared like a cloud, which then brings me back to, like, the mist. So I wonder if she was the mist given sentience, because the mist just kind of disappears from the story. And then there was Yang, who was strong and was fierce like a dragon. And he was the other force in the universe. And Yin was female and Yang was male. Right. And are they married? No. 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 Okay. So Yin lived in the sky water. Right if you want, but it's described in the story as the sky water. Uh And Yang uh, lived on the lands that existed, but he liked to live in fire because he was fierce and fiery. Like a dragon. Yeah, like a dragon. And Yin and Yang kept the universe together. So basically the universe formed into what it is now because of Yin and Yang's actions. They helped it to form. They didn't get together, but they both had children. So the son was born of Yang. So he gave birth to a little baby Yan, and that was the sun. And the moon was born of Yin, so she gave birth to a little baby 
well, quite a big baby rock, I suppose. <laughs> a big baby rock, and that rock was the moon. And then eventually they did get together, Leslie. You'll be glad to know. <laughs> Huzzah! And when they got together, they then had their own children, which were spring, summer, autumn, winter, water, earth, metal, fire, and wood. So they had little, um, like... Got busy. Yeah, they got busy, and they had all these magic little, I don't know, godly babies, I suppose, because... They're like they're like godly things to be in charge of, aren't they? Like the god of spring, the god of winter. Yeah. Like the child. And they probably all lived in like the heavens or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or no, that's it. It's the spring child, the winter child, the summer child, the autumn child, the water child, the earth child, the metal child. He sounds cool. The fire, <laughs> the wood yeah. child. Yeah. You would well fancy the metal child, Leslie. <laughs> yeah. After many millennia, yin and yang grew together and merged as one. And they formed a giant black egg that floated in space. Okay, that's taken a weird turn. Mm. Yeah. So they like eventually, yeah, they just kind of eventually melted together, and then they were fully melted together. A shell formed around it, and it was a giant black egg floating in space. Why? After eighteen thousand <laughs> years of the egg floating in space, I realise I'm just ignoring your question. Why okay. not? So after eighteen thousand <laughs> years of the egg floating in space, Panku the being who had formed inside of the egg woke from his long sleep. Right, and who's he or she or it? So Panku was a space giant. Panku was the first space giant. What the fuck? This is getting really weird. This is not what I was expecting. At no, all. I was taking a total left turn there. Yeah, when you used to look at the yin yang rings in own natural a bit, this isn't what you were imagining. I didn't imagine a big giant space baby, no. So after Panku hatched out of his egg, I don't really know how to explain what he is because it's not he's not their child. They're the egg. Is it like a chrysalis? Like they became like, you know, like the moth. No, the caterpillar becomes a chrysalis and then it metamorphosizes into a butterfly or a moth. Not really. It's like they metamorphosized into the egg. He's just what hatched out of the egg. He's not them or their child. Um, all right. So see the part you're talking about was going to link into like the Monkey King stuff that I'm talking about because that's the born King. out of this rock is the Monkey King. Oh. Like, yeah, we'll keep going. So <laughs> don't know if that's more confusing. Panku grew and grew inside of the egg and he began to feel suffocated because the egg became so tight. So he took an axe. Don't know where he got the axe from. <laughs> that's what I explained when he was still inside the egg and he with all his might, he used the axe to crack through the egg. And when he cracked the egg open, the light and clear parts of the egg floated upwards and formed our sky. So not like space, like our personal sky. And the cold, thick matter inside the egg sank down below and formed our Earth. So then the planet Earth came into existence. So like our planet is yin and yang together, but Panku is just what hatched out of their egg. Okay, well, then where did he fuck off to? I'll tell you. So Panku stood in the middle, his head touching the sky and his feet on the earth. Ah. The heavens and the earth began to grow apart at 10 feet per day, and Panku grew along with them, keeping them connected. After 18,000 years, when the sky was as high as it is now, and the earth was as thick as it's ever been. Panku stood between them nine million feet in height, and he separated from both of them, but ensured that they would never join again. So they were now so far apart that they wouldn't collapse together. Okay. (laughs) So Panku then spent the rest of his adult life shaping our earth, dug valleys, he built mountains, and he made seas and oceans. And when he eventually became old and died... His oh. body basically died where China now is. So he kind of is China. He is China. He formed right. China. And then mm. when he died, his body formed the five holy mountains of China. Oh. The fine breath that came out of him became the wind and the clouds. So there was no wind and clouds until he breathed his dying breath. And his voice left his body as his dying cough. And it formed thunder and lightning. So again, they had existed before he had this dying cough. As his body came apart, the blood rushed out of his body and it formed the seas. 
and his veins became the roads of China and his muscles melted back into China and became the fertile farmlands. Wow, so he sacrificed, or maybe he didn't intend on sacrificing himself to form, he just, that's just what happened. Yeah, that's a shame, I thought he was like a mortal being. Because once you die, like the antelope eat you once you die and you go It's like the circle of life giving all of us life. So like as he died and his body decomposed, all of the hair on his body floated out above our sky and it became all of the stars in the sky. Mm. And then his skin started to decompose more and the flowers and the trees of the earth grew from his skin. And I really like this bit. And then as he decomposed further, his bone marrow turned into jade and pearls out of his sweat became a sweet Jew. Sorry, sweet Jew. Like on MasterChef. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that nurtured all the first living things on Earth. Ah. So, so they became the animals and then evolved into humans. So like, oh, yeah, it's like all the little mites and bugs that lived on his body were our ancestors. Very nice. And Chinese people, or some Chinese people, believe that because of Panku's death, yin and yang are now at work within everything on the earth. So again, they weren't necessarily part of him, but th- what le- what was left of them formed the basis of the earth and then he kind of shaped everything else. So it means that the earth and the sky are yin and yang. Okay. In a different form. Yeah, in a different form, but they're still the same thing. They still are yin and yang. So they think that the first humans that were, again, a type of insect that came off his skin, went to live basically lived in between yin and yang and went to live in the caves. The sun and moon decided that because humans were the most special of all Mm. of the insects that lived on his body, we had to have a special role. So they saw how the earthly forces of yin and yang continually fought against one another because they were so different and decided that the humans must keep in balance everything between heaven and earth. I see. So humans began to control water and fire. They began to farm the lands of China and then the rest of the world and to build shelters to live in. And they also learned how to shape and affect the world like Pan Ku had done. And they knew that they had to shape the world in a positive way in order to keep yin and yang in balance. And then the wee tale ends with true humans must learn how to do all of this and stay in harmony with the forces of yin and yang. Those who don't try to live in harmony are not true humans, which are like the burn on life. Evil or anything. Yeah. And then communism came and fucked all that up. (laughs) But then it's basically the story saying, like, if you're one of the people that's fucking that up, really a person, you're just like a skin mate. Ah, right. Okay. Well, yeah, They've, they've, they've kind of fucked it all up then, haven't they? Because of the pollution and all the sweatshops and coronavirus. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. China. China. I, I don't know if uh, coronavirus, but yeah, definitely on the first two, that would be. Yeah. Again, that's really bad nights. So they're masquerading as humans. And we have to know they're not. Because they weren't balanced out. That's why coronavirus came. To balance yes. Them well, because they were fucking around with animals and the, these wet, wet markets or so. That's what they said. I don't know. That that's where it originated from. Well, that's where AIDS originated from, like monkey glands. So I suppose it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and that's like not keeping animals properly. So I suppose that's mm. not like yeah, keeping everything in balance. So is that what Feng Shui is then? Keeping things in balance is it linked into that? I don't know, but that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because it, it is keeping things in balance and where they should be. So I suppose it's like yeah, you have to balance yin and yang in your home. That would be Feng mm-hmm. Shui. I think. See, I always thought that yin and yang represented light and dark, not sky and earth. So that's something yeah. new to me. Yeah, I also was like, like, like good and evil. evil. Yeah. yeah. But I think people think it's light and dark for the same reason when I was reading that there, that it must be like a mistranslation because they're like light and heavy. Ah, okay. I get you. They're yeah. taking that the wrong way. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, Yaz, how does uh, the excellent Monkey King tie yeah. into this? <laughs> Monkey magic. I literally been to Naples. You asked me that question. <laughs> Monkey magic. <laughs> so you have like a lot of like Chinese and even like Hindu stories got lots of like monkeys in them. Mm-hmm. Also, like manga things have got monkeys in it. So I started reading about the Monkey King, who by the way actually just like 
I love the Monkey King. Like, he's, he kind of kicks ass, and he, he does. Like, he was if he was in a Marvel comic or something, he would basically be Loki. <laughs> He's very cheeky. You fancy like the, the monkey king, yes. I fancy the monkey king. <laughs> so bad. I also fancy Trip Attacker, who's like his monk boy that hangs around with him. But basically, he's obsessed with becoming immortal and becomes immortal, and he can shapeshift, and he's got loads of powers, yeah. and he basically just kicks ass, but he pisses off all the other gods. So he's basically Loki. Like, he really yeah. is. So, like, some of the... Like, he's really, really strong. He can apparently carry like two celestial mountains on his shoulders. He can run at the speed of a meteor. He can travel. If he does like one somersault, he can do 34, he covers 34,000 miles with that one somersault. Like that's how like kick he is. Impressive somersault. Exactly, you know. The fact that he can even do a somersault is impressive enough. He travels around the I like that it's specifically 34,000 miles, just like in the, <laughs> in the story, there was like very specific measurements. Yeah. All the numbers in this are very, very specific. It's very weird. He can change into different animals. So he can change into 72 different animals, which means he's got 72, like, sort of magic powers because he can kind of transform into them and take whatever power they have. Loki can do that as well, can't he? He can transform into animals. Exactly. That's what I'm telling you. He's proper Loki because he has all the same (laughs) powers. So weird. Basically, he can create, he can also create copies of himself. Which, again, Loki does that as well, where he, like, appears in one place, but he's not actually there. I think Loki was basically based on the Monkey King, because he's exactly the same. Um, He can change, he actually can't manipulate the weather, and he can freeze people with, like, fixing magic, so he can, like, make you freeze on the spot. So he's kind of, like, he'd be, like, the ultimate Marvel Comics comic, really. He would be, like, massively overpowered to, like... Well, there is a... What is it? They put, put a a crown on his head that when he to control him so if he was out of order then the gods the crown would tighten on mm. his head to to make him behave yeah it's like because he he's got all the king all the like the gods and that were basically quite pissed off at him yeah um, <laughs> but like the part that links in with the kind of creation story is how he was created or born and as well because like you were saying mark that there's lots of different stories from like different villages and stuff and there's some that seem to be linked more to like Hindu, because Hindu stories from India, or it comes because they just travelled through China and spread the yeah. same stories. I'm sorry, Leslie, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to say he's linked to Buddhism because, and I only know this from the the, the 1970s Japanese show Monkey, oh. whereas um, him and he's got companions. So there's Tripitaka, who's a monk. She's a Buddhist monk. Or she, I say it was played by female, but it's boy. And, uh, and then he's got a pal called Pigsy, who's a pig man. And uh, there's a fish monster. And there's also his horse, or Tripitaka's horse, who can also change into a man. Oh, that's quite cool. Which one of those characters are you? Mm. <laughs> I love the the uh, fish monster and pigsy, but I love that there's the they're all great. Yeah, and their their mission is to journey across China to India to meet the Buddha or some or some pilgrim Buddhist pil- pilgrimage, yeah. and then you get into adventures along the way. Yeah, so there's like loads and loads of stories that I'm not really going to go yeah. into, this, but there's loads of stories like that later on in his life mm-hmm. where he basically atones for his sins, and that's yeah. why he's traveling around doing Buddhas bidding I guess yeah so how he was created was basically the the yin and yang which is like Mark saying heaven and earth uh-huh. come together and so heaven has got all this like positive energy and earth yin has all this negative energy so like they can battery actually, yeah uh-huh, I guess oh, okay so they, because they've got energy they can produce things so again they produce a stone like the same as the one that Mark was talking about so they must keep making all these stones whenever they want to do something so they make a stone and the stone develops a magic womb and one day it bursts open (laughs) magic womb (laughs) it bursts open and it's made this little stone egg and then the wind blows on the egg which the wind might be connected to like the stuff Mark was saying about oh the what's his name K- King I forgot what his name is oh yeah what was his name Mark Quinchy thank you so I, I don't know if that means that he's also related to that because you see they both seem to have came from Massey. the same type of egg from yin and yang um yes yeah, so when the wind blows over the egg 
it hatches and there's a stone monkey and the monkey can crawl and walk and that's that maybe it's like a kinder egg but yin and like even though they form themselves maybe they're like let's form into an egg and see what hatches out it'll be some surprise for us (laughs) they can just surprise your surprise (laughs) <laughs> that's brilliant that um, yeah then the monkey king was born or in Chinese he's called Sun Wukong but I'm going to call him the monkey king because that's so much cooler so yeah he starts like kind of travelling around the world and he makes friends with like different animals and different monkeys and then he joins this little group of monkeys and they're like out playing and like playing in a wee stream and stuff like that and then they find a waterfall and there's like a cave behind the waterfall and they decide that like, you know like kids are like daring each other to do stuff so they yeah. start daring each other who's going to jump through the waterfall and like get to the cave in the back so he goes well i bet i can do it and whoever can do it first they get to be like the king of our monkeys so like they're all like too scared to do it so he does it he goes in first he jumps through it gets in the cave and then because he's done it they all go after him as well so they're all like living in the cave and he's like well you guys promise that whoever goes in first gets to become the king so they're like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So he becomes the monkey king and he's like king of this group of monkeys. And then as they get older, one of the older monkeys dies and he gets really, really upset. And then he sort of decides, well, I don't want to die as well. I think like his time was coming soon or something. So he then strives to find like the secret to immortality because he doesn't want to die. So at this point, he's not a king. He's like the king of just three monkeys. But he's like, no, I want to like live forever. I don't want to die. So he grows like to sort of like the mainland and he wanders around and for some reason at this point he started to look more human as well so people are like really scared of him because he's like a monkey that seems to be walking around like a person so he like steals some like clothes that are hanging on a washing line he covers himself up and he basically goes in search of this it's like a temple with a guy in it called Puti, Puti Sushi who basically like teaches him all the secrets to immortality and he teaches him how to become immortal but then he says to him like you can't tell anyone how you learned this you can't tell anyone who you learned it from you just have to keep a secret because well if you tell people that you've got powers then they're going to want to do stuff yeah and then they can't be coming around exactly Mm -hmm. yeah he's like you if you don't do the things they want then they're going to like harass you or they're going to like try and kill you Mm -hmm. and if you do teach them stuff then they might go off and do bad things so you have to like just keep this to yourself. So then after a while, he then goes out to seek other kings like him. So he's the monkey king. There's like a giant king, dragon king, who he then goes to visit him as well. And he gets some like magic staff or sort of weapon thing from him. That's like a magic thing. And whenever nobody can, it's it, to me, it reminds me of like Thor's hammer because nobody can actually use it. No one can pick it up. No one can do anything with it. But when he uh, comes apart from him, apart from him, because he's got magic powers. So he's yeah. able to pick it up and use it. Um, I'm telling you, Marvel got all their stuff in this story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His staff can like, you can, you can make it giant and he, he yeah. can use it. It extends magically. Yeah. It's mad. Yeah. Yeah, so the staff basically does that. When he uses it, he can pick it up, make it huge. He can, like, like make it literally fly and come back to him, which is literally Thor's hammer. Yeah, hammer. <laughs> and when he, when he uses it, he makes it really tiny, like the size of a needle, and he just puts Aye. it behind his ear, and he just stores it behind his ear, okay. which I just think is really cool that he does that. So, yeah, he's basically going about his life now, and he's making friends with all these different kings, and he keeps collecting, like, extra magic things like that. And then it gets to the point where he is now basically pissing off the gods and you've got like the Jade Emperor and basically tricks because basically it's now time that he should have died by now. Like he's lived so long that he should have already died. So all the gods in heaven are like, right, this is ridiculous. We need to actually get him to come come up to heaven. So they trick him to come up to heaven and say, Oh, because you've been living this long, we're gonna like promote you so you can become a god. So they trick him to come up and then he basically realises that he's been tricked because he's given like the lowest kind of status of all the gods. So they're all getting together to have a big gods party and a big banquet and he's not invited. And they're because he's not an actual god, he's just someone immortal. So he gets really, really pissed off and he while the banquet's still getting set up, he I don't know what it is. It's like he kind of, he gets really drunk because he goes in and sneaks drinks himself and he, he drinks that. And he stumbles into like this alchemy lab that has like magic pills in it. 
that also make him more immortal. There's like a special garden that's got peaches in it and those peaches make you immortal. So he's basically taken all these different things. Like overdosing on immortal exactly. shit. <laughs> Immortality. So I don't understand what if you yeah, if you're like immortal and then you make yourself more immortal. Like more immortal, what does that mean? It's like and this is why he's got so many powers because he's like overdosed on all this stuff, which I just think is so cool. Like so he then goes back to so he so he's now more powerful than all the other gods. Is that yeah. what you're trying to say? Oh, he's, right, okay. Yeah, he's basically making himself stronger and stronger and stronger. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, I'll show you. Uh, but at this point, he's like still really pissed off. So he goes back to his little monkey land and he basically plans like a coup almost. Oh. I know. So <laughs> then goes, so he goes back, gets these wee monkeys together and then they go back to the Jade Emperor who is basically like the top god kind of at that point. And he says, well, like, I'm, like, extra immortal. I'm stronger than all of you. I can do so much more. I've got all these powers. I think I should be the emperor and you shouldn't. Like, I should be the one that gets to, like, run, like, everything, run the universe. And this is where Buddha makes an appearance. I don't know why Buddha's there, but Buddha is here (laughs) at this point. And he basically says to the monkey, fine, I'll tell you what. If you can basically travel. I'll tell you what. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Where's Buddha from? Is he from fucking government? I don't know why. <laughs> Obviously Buddha's in heaven, right? But I don't know yeah. why he's with the Jade Emperor, but he's he's in there, right? Sorry, <laughs> I now can't stop thinking of Buddha like wearing a wee Rabbit shell suit but... holding half a bottle of bucket with his hat and angle and a bus stop. Yeah. 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 Buddha's a bit of a dick in this break, no offence to anyone. I don't know if he's maybe like the emperor's advisor or something. Like, there's no explanation why Buddha's there, but he's just there. Um, and he goes, okay, Before fine. Buddha became enlightened. He was a dick, though, so I don't, I don't yeah. think Buddha's offended by that. Right. Like, I really don't like Buddha in this whole story, like at all. He basically <laughs> says to the monkey king, he goes, right, fine. How about we do this bet? If you can escape my palm, then we'll let you be the emperor. So the monkey was like, yeah, yeah, I can totally do that. Like, that's not a big deal. I can totally do that. So I think, like, Buddha's palm is meant to be, like, the universe at that point. So he goes, yep, cool. So he basically jumps and flies. And we've already said how his somersaults are, like, really long and he can go really fast and go really far. So he goes to, like, the end of the world. And when he gets there, there's nothing there, but there's, like, five pillars. So he just assumes that's what's holding up the universe. And he, like, mentions his name onto one of the pillars. <laughs> so he writes in it, great sage equal to heaven, because he thinks he's more powerful than, like, the heavens and the gods. Right. Um, and he also pees on the pillar because he gets yeah. stuck in the key. And that's how you, obviously, like, declare Marcus your future. <laughs> so he mentions the, the pillar and he pees on it. Then he jumps and goes all the way back to heaven again, going back to Buddha and the emperor and goes, well, I've done it. I got to the end of the earth. And then Buddha laughs at him and goes, well, no, you didn't. You got to the end of my fingers. Those five pillars were just my fingers. So he basically peed on Buddha's finger, <laughs> <laughs> which I think hilarious. But I also feel like Buddha tricked him. Yeah, of course, he set him up to fail. Oh, like, that's just evil. So instead of just being, oh, you, like, you lost, he basically, <clears throat> Buddha imprisons the monkey king and he buries him under a mountain for 500 years so that he can oh. learn patience and humility. And I'm like, this is then when, so after the 500 years, when he comes out and then he wants to like, like redeem himself, that's when he becomes friends with, um, what was it? Pigsy and Sandy. Trippetaka. Yeah. All these people. I think it's called Tang Sanzang. And he's yeah. going to journey to India and they're basically like being almost like preachers and like preaching like Buddhist teachings. And he, he has to wear like a, a magical neck. I don't know if it's, I don't know, it doesn't, it calls it a, a circlet. A circlet on his head. Yeah, it's not a crown, it's like a circlet of gold. Oh, okay. I don't know what I sent you a picture of the, oh. the cast so on WhatsApp. So if you look at the picture, you can see the gang together. Oh, and cute. Oh, is that the monkey king? Yeah, he's Aww. in the middle and he's got his staff. And see what's on his head? He's got a sort of circlet of gold. Oh, that's what circlet is. And the it's guy in the blonde wig is Pigsy. And the guy next to him is 
is his horse is the horse and the, the guy behind him is uh, Sandy, the, the fish monster. Oh, yeah, wow. Chukataka is a monk or it's a different name in the story, but yeah. But yeah, that that's sort of like basically if he tries to misbehave, it basically tightens really hard yeah. his head, so it like gives him really bad headaches, so he has to like stay in line all the time and yeah, do Buddha's bidding. So I just I feel like he was like kicking ass and then it okay, fair enough, he got really arrogant, but he was also really strong and has all these powers and he just wanted to rule and instead of letting him rule they just It's a bit like Loki, because he just wants to rule as well. Exactly. You're completely looking like in every sense. But yeah, I just think he's such a cool character, really. I love the Monkey King so much. He's really yeah. Good. Jet Lee played him in the Forbidden Kingdom with and I think he's an amazing Monkey King. I would love to see an entire movie with Jet Lee playing the Monkey That's King, true. but I think he's too ill to do it now. But yeah, he was he was really he's so cheeky in it. <laughs> And there's so like there's so many like manga characters based on them as well. well yeah, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, mm. Dragon Ball Goku is basically a monkey because he yeah. flies around on a cloud like the Monkey King, and he's got a tail he's got at the staff. beginning. He's got like the staff as well, like the golden yeah. staff to like beat people up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he pretty much kicks ass. He might be my new like favorite Chinese. Yeah, you should definitely page. watch the the TV series Monkey from the seventies. It's excellent. <laughs> Yeah, and the dubbing's hilarious. <laughs> oh, I suppose it would be. I used, to sit, I used to sit with David smoking weed, and just like we'd sit up, we'd watch that at like three a.m. on Channel Four. Good times. <laughs> is Buddha a dickhead in it as well? Or is he Buddha's in not in it at all. It's just them. They go, they just go around visiting different villages and stuff, and then rescuing people from different oh. demons. Oh, cool. Nice. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Love it. Well, I'm going to finish on, and just, well, this is quite short, so. Have you ever, have you both watched Big Trouble in Little China? I mean, you're about the same age as me, so you've got to have watched that at some point. Yeah, but I think when I was like, well, no, my dad watched it, so I feel like it's been on in the room when I was on when I was younger, but I don't, I have no real recollection of it. Oh, it's so campy. If you've never seen it, you have to watch it. I recommend you go and watch it. I'm the same. I think I've seen it when I was really young. Like, yeah, it was on in the background. I wasn't really paying attention Mm. to it, but I have definitely seen it. It's been on telly, like, a lot. Yeah, it's like Kurt Russell plays a trucker called Jack Burton and he's got a Chinese friend and his girlfriend's coming over from China and he's really excited to meet her and she's got green eyes. Kurt Russell's girlfriend who's played by Kim Cattrall, she's also got green eyes and that's significant. And then they get involved in with this guy called David Lopan who kidnaps his girlfriend, his Chinese friend's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's got green eyes. It turns out, like, he looks like this little old man in a wheelchair and he's pure hideous, like, really, really wrinkly and old. But it turns out he's actually Lo Pan, who was an ancient warrior who lived centuries ago in China, where he was eventually defeated in battle at the hands of the first sovereign emperor, Qin Shi Hong, who was the emperor who united all of China. And he's also the emperor who is famous for being buried with his terracotta army. Because he was, yeah, which was only found in the 1970s, which is interesting. And he was obsessed with becoming immortal, a bit like the Monkey King. By He thought that by ingesting mercury, that it was somehow the key to eternal life, which actually prolonged, like, yeah, which actually killed him (laughs) quicker. Because when he was buried underground, or am I confusing this with the Mummy films? He had a big leak of mercury. (laughs) Yeah. Jet Li also played the uh, Emperor King Shi in that film. Though they I said don't think Jet Li's ever played Pan Ku, but he might no, have. No, he could have, probably, if he would, if, if he's played a lot of Chinese heroes. The, the Emperor uh, King Shi Hung, he also, like, apparently, where he was buried, he was buried with, like, loads of concubines and everything, and he had a river of mercury around him which represents immortality for some reason. Maybe he thought he was going to come back from the dead or something like that. Anyway, so... And he was to drink as soon as he woke up. Fuck no, and then died again. Because <laughs> if you don't drink mercury, folks, just don't. It's not good for you. So Lo Pan was a shadow emperor for King Shi Hung. He would be like... The emperor, the, the King Shi Hung wasn't around. Lo Pan would sort of be like a, a surrogate emperor or something. What do you call that? 
region. What is that called? Yes. But he was in this like film in the like in the background of the film. He was defeated in battle by the king. Maybe he got too big for his boots or something. I don't know what he did. So as part of his punishment, the emperor placed a curse on Lopan, which left Lopan formless and with no flesh. So he just Ooh. became a ghost. However, Lopan managed to get a decrepit old body and temporarily possessed it by supplication to the gods. But this did not free Lopan from his curse, with the only way of him gaining his human form permanently was by marrying a woman with green eyes. By marrying her, Lopan would please the god of the east, Ching Dai, but in order to satisfy the emperor, he was also required to sacrifice her. I mean, I don't understand why that would satisfy the emperor. Um, it has to be spelled with killing. Well, I mean, I suppose he buried himself with, like, he, when he died, he was buried with live concubines. Yeah. I mean, they don't, I don't know. I think but it was that not because he presumably thought they'd all wake up, drink mercury, and then live forever. That's yeah, and he could bang and be like, And also, you should kill your wife if you want me to like you again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So, to that end, he spent centuries looking for a bride that would free him from his supernatural imprisonment. In his guise as David Lopan, he became the chairman of the Orient National Bank and the Wing Kong Trading Company. All ah, right, so the Wing Kong Trading Company is a company that Kurt Russell's character works for, mm. and he drives about like the whatever goods that they produce and trade. Between America, yeah, yeah. So the body he was forced to possess was that of right. I've, I've read that, right. It was it was a decrepit old man. He was forced to move about in a wheelchair. He possessed a bald head and a long beard. Although seen as a ghost, Lopan was considered a being of incredible darkness that pretended to be a man. So he's he's got powers and abilities as a formless like spirit. His soul was said to be formless and actually scattered across time. Lopan was capable of directing a supernatural light from his eyes and mouth, which were able to blind and hypnotise ordinary mortals. That's the one bit that's um, stuck in my mind. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's the only bit I remember from the film. Do you not remember he had like three guys like that would protect him and one of them looked awfully like Raiden from Mortal Kombat and he was lightning. And then he had another one called Thunder. And then I can't remember what the other one was. I don't know. But one of them at the end, which was really fucked up, when Lopan got killed by Jack Barton, the Thunder, I think it was, he got so upset that he blew himself up. But it was like he inflated himself to the point where he popped. And it was really fucking (laughs) Anyway, I'll show you. I'll send a picture of what he looked like. That used to disturb me so much. So, Lopan was portrayed by the actor James Hong in the film. There are noted similarities between Lopan, and again, it's another Mortal Kombat link, the Mortal Kombat character Shang Tsung. Both are considered demons whose human form appeared as a harmless old man whilst being capable of taking the souls of others. So that's Lopan in the movie. Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. Definitely recommend it. It was... Now, this is where there's a sort of tenuous link. So Big Trouble in Little China was directed by uh, the great John Carpenter, you know, the horror director. You know, John Carpenter did, what was it, Friday? No, Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. So here's the connection. There was actually a Lopan in Chinese mythology. Okay. But he's known as Lu Ban, so L-U-B-A-N. Mm-hmm. And he was said to be a real person, like an actual human being. And he was born 507, between 507 and 444 BC, or maybe he was born in 507 and then died in 444 BC. Yeah. So he was a Chinese structural engineer. He was oh. an inventor and a carpenter. There's the line, carpenter. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> John Carpenter is very tenuous anyway, but anyway. I wasn't getting I I was actually sitting going, what is Jesus? Is Jesus? What is Jesus? No, Lopan yes, you're smart. Like so yes. <laughs> so Lopan was in the movie Big Trouble in Little China, directed by John Carpenter, and the real Lopan was a carpenter. Ah. Uh, okay. So he was Chinese Jesus. Jesus. He was Chinese Jesus. Well, he kind of is, except not as, I don't know, not as sacrificing. So during the Sao Dynasty, he was a carpenter. He's revered as a Chinese deity 
patron saint equivalent, you know, equivalent of a Catholic patron saint of builders and contractors. So he's not like a scary demon man with no flesh looking for green eyed women. He's just a builder. Yeah. Well, he was actually kind of a Chinese Leonardo da Vinci, which is really interesting because of all the stuff he supposedly invented. So he was born in the state of Lu. A few sources claim he was born far to the west in Duhang. I don't know why that matters. To a family of carpenters, which I suppose is like the Jesus connection, except he wasn't born of a virgin and all that shit. Or artisans during the spring and autumn period of the Zhou dynasty. His original name was Gonshu Yishi. He was also referred to as Gonshu Ban or Pan. He was supposed to have been an indifferent pupil until his love of learning was kindled by a scholar, Zizig. He later learned woodworking from Bao Laodong. The great demand for his work supposedly compelled him to invent or improve several carpenter's tools. So he invented the saw, the square, the planer, the drill and the shovel and an ink marking tool to complete his many projects more quickly. His wife... pretty impressive inventions, like... Yeah, because before they just had to use an axe and there was a story that he was contracted to build something for some god or emperor or whatever and he only had a certain amount of time or he would be punished and he's like, shit, what do I do? And then he cut his thumb on a blade of grass and that inspired him to create the blades in a saw. So he ended up inventing that to build it and he built it in time. His wife was also credited with inventing the umbrella in order to permit him to work in inclement weather so that he could work, continue to work in the rain. Yeah, it's very smart. Yeah, but I like that, you know, he gives his wife credit. His wife's also now yeah. she's just a pretty face and does all the, the cooking for him. She invents shit as well. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So according to tradition, he was responsible for several inventions. A cloud ladder. See, this is where it gets a bit, I mean... Like, in one hand, he's creating things that are useful for people and helps them improve their lives. On the other hand, he's inventing stuff for war. So he invented a cloud ladder, a mobile counterweighted siege ladder. But then Leonardo DiCaprio... Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Leonardo DiCaprio is guilty of many war crimes. (laughs) I meant Leonardo da Vinci when it came out of DiCaprio. Leonardo da Vinci, I think he also invented war machines as well, like a tank. I'm sure he's tried to invent some sort of tank and some sort of gun. Yeah, mad gun with like 20-odd cannons on it or something. I think he tried to invent a machine gun, basically. So Lopan invented the cloud ladder, a mobile counterweighted siege ladder. So it would be like really tall, hence the name cloud ladder, to get over like fortresses. So that they could shoot arrows from it into the whatever like fort they were sieging. He invented grappling hooks and ram implements for naval warfare. He invented the wooden bird, which was a non-powered flying wooden bird, which could stay in the air for three days. It has been what? suggested to be a prototype of a kite. Okay, so it's not a plane. It's just like a like a float, you know, like a wind-based thing. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And the saw, which legend has it. When, oh, this is a different story to what I've read elsewhere. When Luban was holding holding the tree trunks in order to climb a steep slope when gathering firewood. Oh, no, it's the same. His hand was cut by a leaf with a spiny texture. He then realised he could turn the leaf's texture into a more efficient tool for tree cutting, namely the saw. Other inventions which are attributed to him, such as a lifting implement to assist with burial. Oh, this is funny. A wooden horse carriage and coachman. <laughs> it was a wooden... It was like a... An automatic wooden horse thing. So it was like the coachman would be wooden as well. And the story is that he put his mother on it, or his mother in law maybe, which mm. would be funny. Uh, and he put his mother or mother in law on it, and then it, when he turned it on, the horse just fucked off and, and you never saw it again. That's pretty that's good. <laughs> so that must be one of his most successful inventions. Yeah. It worked that well that it just left. He just wanted rid of his mother in law. Yeah, a pedaled powered bicycle. So they, so he's supposed to have invented, been the first person to have invented the bicycle. And other woodworking mentioned in various texts, which thereafter led Luban to be acknowledged as a master craftsman. He is revered as the god of carpentry and masonry in Chinese folk religion. He has a there's a temple dedicated to Luban in Hong Kong. 
His personality is assumed by the master carpenter involved in the construction of houses among the Dong. He's sometimes counted among the five kings of the water immortals, Taoist water gods, invoked by sailors for protection while carrying out journeys. He is referenced in a number of Chinese uh, is it I, I do, idioms. Is that how you say it, Mark? Idioms? Yeah, idioms, yeah. The Chinese equivalent of teaching one's grandmother to suck eggs is to brandish one's axe at Lupin's door. So if you say the, you know, teach your grandmother to suck eggs, what does that even mean again? I don't know. So it means like don't show your gran how to do things that your gran already knows how to do. Ah, right. So the why Chinese like equivalent... Why to suck eggs? <laughs> <laughs> why, is it, yeah, why do grand suck eggs? I don't, I don't know. Well, that's never really, I've never really thought about why that's what it means. Actually, Chinese version makes more sense. Yeah, brandish one like axe. With an axe, it's someone that can make things better than an axe. But yeah, I don't think right. going to try to show someone who's great at sucking eggs how to suck an egg. <laughs> yeah, because Lou Ban's like, well, fuck you, I invented the saw, I don't need your axe. His cultural companion is the stoneworker Wang Er, who lived around the same time. So he's got like a, a little companion or a, a male companion and the godland or whatever i like that that sounded like a pet and then you changed it and it just sounded like they were shagging like he's got yeah, a maybe, maybe him and his wife and wang air are having some sort of threesome relationship Free. polyamory basically one low pan i suppose it's a bit like yin and yang like the, the, the low pan and the james the john carpenter film is an evil bastard and then in reality he's a good guy what do you think i am um, also like quite, uh, he's also quite a like a because he's so he's like very brawny he's very big and strong that's how he what's what he generally um looks like he's not like a withered old man <laughs> Luban, he's quite a strong man i've got a pic this is an actual he's picture of he's yeah probably, so, his construction is probably quite buff then, really. i think jesus would be quite buff then but maybe just didn't do a lot of carpentry <laughs> is this? Yeah, Jesus was hot. Mm. Yeah, it probably was hot. I'd bang him. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just realised something the other day. Jesus died a virgin. No, but. I don't think he did. <laughs> I beg to differ on that. He never got married. So. I think he banged me. Matt had Mary Law. He was by, I think. I mean, he did hang out with a lot of men. <laughs> well, Luban also definitely didn't die a virgin because you pointed out he had a wife. He had a and wife. In this picture, he's fit. Yeah, he's got a top knot. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's well cool. It's like, well, I don't know. If you like maybe you think top knots are a bit douchey. No, but <laughs> Asian guy with a top knot is exactly my type. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a Shoreditch guy with a top knot. It's fine. <laughs> he, I mean, he he, he helped. Although he helped to like destroy people and his like his war tools he really preferred inventing things that helped people which is why he's best remembered for that wood was the staple building material in ancient china and as a result the dominant building tools were portable and light so he invented stuff that were easy to carry about like chisels shovels planers bow drills uh they were all attributed to luban so if you want to go in the carpentry and building trade, you should worship Blue Ban or be thankful for Blue Ban because he invented all that stuff. That's kind of swimmy, man. Yeah. That's basically it. <laughs> <It's a bit laughs> <cool. laughs> I enjoyed it. Sure. Yeah, it's a good story. I liked it. I like Monkey, Monkey King would take him, though. Oh, well, the Communist Party, here's another wee fact. The Communist Party, who are supposed to be atheists, aren't they? So they're trying to, they would turn all the Chinese mythology and gods into their own sort of yeah. like communist agenda. They said that Lu Ban's motivations were to help the common people, much like the narrative they sculpted for Apocryphicarist. What's that? Like a, a chemist or something? Li Shishen, a man who designed the first stone mill for grinding flour just because he felt bad for an old woman struggling to bash wheat with pestle and mortar. I like the idea that, you know, they're not inventing stuff for profit. They're inventing stuff because they want to help people have yeah. easier lives. Which is nice. She could only be dedicated to easing the hard burden. Magical legends recorded in the Lu Banjing. His using a wooden statue to curse a rival kingdom which had killed his father. Who faded from his legends. I think people are just making shit up about him. You know how. Yeah. 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 
that's it. Um, what are we going to do for next week, guys? We oh, it's my turn to pick a number. Yeah. Uh, pick a number between one and twelve, I think. I'm going to pick number three. Okay. So lucky number in Chinese, I think. Or unlucky, I don't know. Oh, number three is Yazi's suggestion for bedding places. Ooh, okay. What was that again? Like, <laughs> suggestion? No, it's places that no one's allowed or places oh, yeah. that are now fully abandoned or places that yeah. we're really close to. We're talking about that island where like people get killed if they go there because they're not allowed to go. Like, oh, I, I, yeah, like there's a there's an uncontacted tribe and people, yeah. missionaries trying and then they get killed. Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. they're trespassing and I was like, yeah. I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, well, they should get speared, fuck them. Yeah. Right, well, thank you for listening, guys. Um, as usual, you can contact us by email at crystalmythpodcast at mail.com or you can go on Twitter or our Facebook. And that's it from us this week. I hope you enjoyed our stories about China. There's probably loads more we could have covered because it is a huge like culture and mythology that they have there. Like, I'm just rambling. Someone <laughs> Have a good one. Okay, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Chris. Chris. Chris.